Hey, it's the Feeling Family Podcast, a place where feelings are felt, stories are shared, and you are valid. With hosts Kylie and Sierra, you will dive deep into people's life stories and experiences facing each emotion along the way. From happiness to sadness, pain, joy, anger, hope, and everything in between, every feeling is important and we hope to prove it. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the Feeling Family. Welcome to our podcast. Just kidding. We're so excited to have you. We are thrilled to have you back. Pumped. Absolutely stoked. Yeah. <laughs> Today we have Amy. Amy's. Wait, is this real? <laughs> Why not? Okay. Um, Amy's really awesome. Um, I actually met Amy on my mission serving in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I didn't serve around her too much, but she was just the biggest sweetheart. And she's recently just started posting more about her life and just a bunch of changes that she has been having. And so we invited her to be on to talk about that. Uh huh. She does a really good job, and she also shares a lot about her music and her musical journey. The way that music has helped her through emotions and so many other things. She's actually studying to become a mu- music, music therapist. Is that what it's called? I would think a music therapist. I mean, she's going to music therapy, so I think that would make her a music okay. therapist. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if that was right, but yeah, we'll she's go with really it. Cool. Yeah, she We're does excited. an incredible oh. job. Um, I think one of my favorite things that, like, the way she described her journey, um, she gave a feeling to it, which was, "I feel surprised." Uh, life can be pretty crazy, and it can throw a bunch of surprises at you. And so, Amy, she just shares with us the big surprise of her life that she didn't expect uh she is currently in a faith transition and it has been quite the journey so music has helped her and the support of um her really close friends that have stuck by her and her family it's just an incredible experience that she shares with us change anything in your life for sure yeah. <laughs> so here she be- Awesome. Okay, well thank you so much for coming on. I'm just I'm really I'm excited. <laughs> I was just going to ask if you wanted to introduce yourself. Tell the world who you are. Awesome. Okay, well thank you so much for coming on. I'm just I'm really I'm excited. <laughs> I was just going to ask if you wanted to introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm Amy, Amy Lynn. I was known as Sister Newson on my mission in late in Utah, so that's been kind of fun. I've lived here most of my life, so. I'm pretty sure we went to, like, didn't you go to Legacy? Or Yeah, we went to Legacy together. What the? Junior high, right? All years, right? You yeah. Well, I think you were one year older than me, but I didn't, like, fully really know you, but then I came on the mission, and I was like, wait, I think she looks familiar, and then you're like, yeah, I'm from late in. I'm like, yep, legacy. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, so that was kind of cool. Me and Sierra served in the Portland, Oregon mission together. That's how we met. So. Yes. Good times. So, yeah. Good times for sure. And then I went to Leighton High. Did you go to Clearfield? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Super cool. So little rivals, but nothing, nothing too serious. <laughs> nothing too crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I love music. I've done, I've written songs since I was like, six years old not good ones but just a little <laughs> here and there you know like I was kind of the kid that like when I'd hang out with friends they, they were like what do you want to do and I'm like let's write a song so we'd write like lyrics on index cards and just kind of be silly kids and sing them to each other and that was yeah. kind of like my first experience with music. that's awesome yeah like I always felt so uplifted like my family would watch American Idol and I would just lay on my floor on like in the family room on my stomach and just be like oh that is so amazing music is so powerful like these singing shows that were huge in the 2000s and 2010s like, uh-huh. that's, that's cool that's fun found that passion young i feel that i love music <laughs> sierra always asks me when i listen to music and i'm like all day every day like it's my thing and have you ever seen the new show songland Oh, yeah. That one? I am, like, weirdly passionate about music. I don't do it, but um, that one, it, like, made me cry every single episode because I'm, like, they're fulfilling their dreams and all that, so that's really cool. Yeah, I love Songland. When I was on the mission, my mom actually would send me little messages and be like, hey, we found this show, and it makes us think of you. Oh, (laughs) that's cool. That's so fun. And so you're going to school for music therapy. Uh-huh. Yeah. What, like, got you, I guess you like music, but, like, what about music therapy? Um, honestly, I didn't know it was a profession. I didn't know it was a degree or a career until, I want to say, like, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, I went to BYU-Idaho for a couple years after high school, after I graduated, before my mission and so mm-hmm. I was just gonna be like dance, and I didn't really feel super fulfilled singing opera to people mm-hmm. like it was cool these tricks with my voice and learn Italian songs but like performing in the juries just wasn't what I wanted so I stopped going to school and then I served a mission to Portland and on my mission I kind of started writing songs for people and it was the first time in my life that I didn't write songs for attention or for myself but just like to help other people that's so and I just felt so good like every time I would someone for like my companions or someone we were teaching and so that's kind of what opened the gates was honestly like my time as a missionary Mm -hmm. music can be and that it doesn't have to be a performance it can be a tool for healing yeah so then I got back from my and I feel like I'm kind of jumping all around here but I was like I'm never going back to school I don't I don't do the school thing and then I just felt strongly like I needed to be up in Logan Utah Uh and I was like why do I feel like I need to be up there is it this program is it the music program so I spent a couple weeks just like looking through all their career paths and certificates and I saw music therapy and I was like, okay, the world like stopped. <laughs> That's so cool. Gosh, I need to research this. And I think I had a couple friends that had talked about that before, like in high school, they're like, well, music therapy, but I didn't really know what it was. Yeah. So I'll later a little bit what it is, but yeah. 
That's cool. And so then you were, you looked into it and then you were sold. You were ready to <laughs> go into it? Yeah. It was like, I don't know, just everything made sense. So. And how has it been being like, because you've started studying it, how has that been? Yeah, um, it's been good. Honestly, these past few months, I guess like this past year was a huge gamble because you have to get into the program at Utah State and like it's kind of a big deal. Like there's a three or four, um, I don't know how many steps of an audition process it is, but you have uh -huh. to like write and submit videos and then there's like the in-person audition. So basically I spent like $15,000 going back to school in like tuition for a year without even like being in the program. So I like oh saved a God. bunch of money and moved up there to try out. So I took all the generals and prereqs and then uh -huh. this past spring I got in. So I was what? like, <laughs> like all year I was like, okay, am I going to be on campus? Because if I don't make the program, I'm going to have to like go to somewhere East Coast to try another program. So oh. wow. that I got in. And, like, it just kind of lined up, you know, like a waste. Like, I threw all of my eggs in one basket with that. We're like, this is what I want to do. We're going to do it. Yeah. I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about how, like, music has helped me and why I want to learn more about music therapy. Yeah. What I've been through along the timeline that I kind of briefly, that we kind of briefly went over, I guess. That would be great. Kind of like in high school, I feel like I went through a normal amount of high school teen trials. <laughs> all them, like we all have things we go through. Um, but something that really helped me was writing songs about what I was feeling. So I had like a phase that I went through where I just had all these dark thoughts all the time. Just like hard, almost like depressive thoughts. And I don't think I have like diagnosable depression. I am not an expert on anything mental health or anything like that but it definitely was a hard time and so music was the only way that I really got through that like I would just come home and literally sit at the piano and it kind of felt like emotional throwing up <laughs> just like <laughs> on the like just like writing until the words made everything better and then I'd be good and then something else would happen or I'd have a hard day and I would just sit at the piano again and write a new song and listen to that song recording that I made until I didn't need to feel that way anymore, you know? Yeah. And so I have like hundreds of songs from my childhood, just like in my journals and in my memories, like, whoa, I wrote at least where it's just like these phases I went through and things that I was learning, um, you know, boy drama, friends, <laughs> typical high school, Utah girl things that you go through. Music has kind of just been a staple for me in my life. I played the piano by ear, and so writing has always been kind of easy for me. Uh -huh. um, like, if I hear a song, I can do my best to, re <clears throat> I guess, like, recreate it or represent the chord uh -huh. pattern. And so... Oh, that's awesome. I think that's so cool. Being able to play by ear is one of, like, the craziest talents I can think of. <laughs> I love it. But I think it's super cool. Um, what's it like? Do you uh, have you ever gone back and like read or sang, listened, whatever, how it works <laughs> to like songs that you have written in the past, like through high school? Like, is it weird going back? Have you? Yeah, it can be really weird. It can be like good and bad. Like sometimes yeah. memory on Snapchat of like videos I recorded will pop up, and I'm like, 
whoa, okay. I had braces. So like every singing video I have, I'm like, okay, my smile is so different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or just like my voice has changed. Like the more I've sung for other people and performed, like it sounds different than it did five years ago. So it's always interesting to hear. Yeah. What I felt and how I expressed myself through music at that time. It's like a little journal. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I saved my little, it's like this super (laughs) shitty I had on my mission. I have it still. All of these voice memos from songs that I wrote, like for companions or for myself, and like little notes with the lyrics and the like why I wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's so cool. cool. Like that's that's fun, I think, to just like have a way to remember things. And it's through a way like that you love. Like you love music and you're passionate about it. Like lyrics or music is so different than just writing like if you're writing in a journal it comes out in a completely different way of like less passion than it would in lyrics or I don't know it just like you said it just has so much power to it music does thanks yeah I love it I think it's cool um yeah music's kind of like what got me to go on a mission for my church and like felt it felt right at the time I guess to like put my paper I feel like everyone that serves a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has like this process, right? Uh-huh. Where they either decide or they don't decide. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that factor into that decision, but it's a huge commitment. Like that is a huge thing to do. So I guess I just applaud anyone who has served a mission. Like, and music definitely got me through that. Um, I guess if do we choose like feelings for these episodes? Like <laughs> I. Feel want to <laughs> oh okay i've been thinking about it and if i were to choose one it would just be i feel surprised just because <laughs> Sorry. i like that i was excited nothing <laughs> has gone to plan like who i wanted to be who i was who i am like how i don't know relationships have gone it's just like i feel surprised at where i'm at right now and yeah kind of navigate the surprise and the tumultuous events that I've gone through so that's a great way to put it I think that I don't know life doesn't go how we expect but we don't usually use like I feel surprised I to like describe that but I think that's very accurate no really <laughs> no I like that because life is just a big surprise <laughs> don't know what's gonna happen um you've had you like post a lot on social media about your faith transition and those things is that what you wanted to talk about as well yeah yeah thanks for bringing that up um I was kind of like super in it as a missionary like super you know like they give you like the plan for what your life is going to be that you fill out at the end and I was like I am sticking to this I will find a husband in two years I will this I will that and like I am still so surprised. I'm like, okay, so basically my whole two-year plan, my parents decided to leave the church, um, I want to say 13 months after I returned home. Okay. And that was just super shocking to me. Like, my parents have been the backbone of the reward we were in growing up. Like, planning the activities, giving talks, holding callings, stuff like that. And so... 
and like my parents have both been married their entire lives so like typical staple I guess stereotypical Mormon mm-hmm. family right they raised five children. I was the third they sent out so having that kind of change in dynamics and like I guess like change of dynamics in my family was super hard and for me because I was like well I don't know what to do like if my parents don't feel like this is true anymore what do I feel what do I believe in my life and you're still so fresh off your mission (laughs) I think I feel like at least I was at my that point after my mission I was like still very strong in the missionary mindset even though it's like it seems like a long time it's not really yeah I think like going back to the surprise like feeling surprised I think like we do so easily just go through motions of life but then when you get thrown something like that it's kind of like shocking and then you're surprised but then it makes you like take a step back and think for yourself and that sounds like exactly what you were going through like that is surprising and it just throws a whole spin in your life yeah yeah totally well like to think that I went on the mission for myself but there definitely was a part of me that went for my parents you know and I feel like that was hard to differentiate because when they left I was like what did I serve a mission for and I was like oh again I guess this me I served it for God I served it for other people but it was definitely like this time where when I woke up in the morning I was like who am I like what do I believe if the people that raised me in these religious beliefs and structures they don't believe that so did you obviously this isn't their story but were they like quick like a jump in and jump out kind of thing or like they were in and then jumped out or was it like slowly how did you see it happen Ooh, so the way I see it it was very slow so it was like an eight-month process of like watching them try and try to um, navigate information that they were discovering that they didn't realize um, and decisions that the church were making that didn't necessarily align with their beliefs, I guess. And so I watched my parents struggle so hard for eight months, probably from last July to February-ish. So like July, 2020 to February or sorry, oh, July 2021, <laughs> February 2022. And we had, like, we did come follow me, like, at least every week as a family. So we have, like, this atmosphere where we often come together and just discuss and meet and share thoughts. And so it was super interesting to watch the dynamic just slowly change where I felt like my parents were trying so hard to make everything work and to still believe and still believe. And then finally things just kind of crashed a little bit and they were like, we can't do this anymore. This is where we're support you. If you want to go to church, if you want to get sealed in the temple, we'll support you. But this is why we don't believe this and certain topics. And I feel like my purpose here on the podcast isn't to share like the things that took them away from the church or the things that, me but definitely to share that everyone like has things that can help well I don't know where I'm going with this but like I found things that helped me through these surprises and I feel like everyone has access to 
things that will help them through their surprises. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to hear, like, I guess, like, it just sounds like an overload to me. Like, that would definitely be surprising. And it would just be hard. And so, like, what, how you responded and, like, what you were able to do to navigate yourself through these changes in life. Yeah. So it was between semesters. So I had a semester where I was super active in my ward up there. Mm -hmm. Everything was good. And that was before I knew, like, my parents had made their, like, decision, you Mm -hmm. know. So I came home for winter break for a month. And that was when things kind of set in. And, like, just, like, seeing the lifestyle changes and then having my own lifestyle changes from what I was feeling and choosing in regards to, like, church stuff. Um, I came back from winter break and I remember I had this communications class and they were like, tell us about yourself. Like, who are you? And I was so like, I love talking about my story and myself. Like I post on social media all the time. <laughs> and this was the first time in my life where I was like, please don't call on me. Like, I do not know what I would say if someone was like, who are you right now? Cause like, yeah. it was just like this complete 180. And so like spring semester was definitely a time of like, I was like super upset and super angry and like, why is this happening? I was not handling very well. (laughs) So at this point, were you like doing your own research, looking into things yourself, having your own questions? That's what you're talking about then? Yeah. I think it is hard because like you have such a huge identity within the Mormon church and Mormon culture we do. And people don't realize I think out of the church how big of a core values they are to you especially like other religions you just go to church on Sunday and then make your choices throughout the week and go to church if you want to the next Sunday and so I can't even like I can't like imagine it's just so hard to question those things yeah it's like who you marry who you date you hang out with like all of these decisions made a lot of the time on what you believe and so so it does like connect back to who even am I like I've thought I've missed and I believe this my whole life but so are you going through this I guess like alone like were you did you have a support system I guess your family what what was it like I guess is what I'm asking so the cool thing about this experience is like my family drew really close together and I Mm -hmm. feel like that's faith transition or a faith crisis of sorts um I got really close to my parents and my siblings in a way that I didn't think was possible and so um seeing them be so humble and vulnerable and willing to admit that they don't know everything and yeah kind of have those we had a lot of hard conversations as a family and we're able to open up doors to each other that were closed and um so yeah my family was a huge support group even though I felt this like frustration and surprise and anger towards like maybe the decisions they were making all in all we grew close together and were able to be super open and vulnerable with each other um and then like I was bouncing between 
Logan and Layton. So my family lives in Layton and I was living in Logan for school. Yeah. But I was working at this job in Layton part-time on weekends or like every other weekend I would drive down and stay the weekend and work. Um, and so it was kind of like two lives, right? Like down in Layton. Yeah. I'm with who are going through a faith transition and I'm still figuring out where I'm at and at work, everyone kind of knew what I was going through. Cause I guess my coworkers are kind of like, like it's a close work environment, you know, uh-huh. we all just and stuff. And so then I'd go back up to school and I had like my church friends and I would still try to go to church and do that. And so for a second there, it was like bouncing between these two identities of like post Mormon and Mormon living. Yeah. And so that was weird, but I feel super blessed and supported by my friends up there. I Good. think I've posted about it my, on my Instagram and stuff about like losing friends and gaining friends and the friends that really were there for me. Like we are so close and they helped me so much and kind of saw me for who I was like through the whole thing. And I feel like it was probably hard for them as active members to see me make certain choices and kind of go away from it. But yeah, yeah. I think that's like, I feel like would be one of the hardest parts of it is being open about it. Like with the fear of what others are going to think, but you do have to put yourself first and make sure that you're taking care of yourself and you can't pretend to be somebody you're not just because it's going to please other people And honestly, people should just love and accept you for who you are. Like they shouldn't just, just because you're realizing your own beliefs and taking action with that doesn't change, shouldn't change a friendship. But unfortunately it does for some, which I think it sucks and is hard. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And something that's cool that I've noticed though, is like through that and through like, like, I've never had an interfaith friendship, <laughs> or, like, I've never really been friends with someone that didn't have the same beliefs as me, and so with my decision to, like, kind of take a step back for a little while, I was like, wow, I really have a lot of, I guess, like, changed perspectives. Like, someone can literally believe what they want to believe now, and it's okay. It doesn't affect me, but, like, before, I felt like if they didn't believe what I believed, then we couldn't really get along. You know what I mean? So, I think an idea that we get when in reality, (laughs) it shouldn't be that way. (laughs) And I've also learned, like, I've been surprised at how much um, unconditional love is out there. Like, the amount of people that have just messaged me or told me that what they're going through based on my posts, like I've gotten a lot of people messaging me like, Hey, I've had this and I've been feeling this way. And so we've had some good conversations just over like Instagram message and stuff like that. Um, and there is just like so much love. And so like people have surprised me, like friends from junior high, friends from high school will like call and be like, Hey, so I'm going through this. And I saw your post. Let's talk about this. (laughs) When did you start posting about it? And like, um, what made you decide to do that? Probably just because I'm out there and I don't really have a lot of filter when it comes to what I'm going through. <laughs> I feel like Fair. <laughs> Fair enough. It was when I decided to stop living a double life. Like when I decided to be who I was at home and at work up at school. Yeah. And that's kind of 
known people and I have a lot of extended family that are on my social media and I was like I just need people to know because I'm tired of hiding the fact that I'm drinking coffee now or hiding the fact that I swear here and there to certain people like I feel like I spent so much of my life being disingenuous and I regret that a lot and so for me it was like I just feel sick I have to be who I am (laughs) yeah how did it feel to finally do that that's what I was gonna ask Ooh, I felt relieved. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I was hoping. <laughs> yeah. If I ran a friend from high school at the grocery store, I was like, well, if they've seen my posts, if they're curious, they know. And I don't have to answer all these awkward questions. Or like, if I go to someone's wedding and it's at the temple and I'm not going in, like, there doesn't have to be confusion, I guess, you know? Yeah. They have a lot of married in the temple right now, and I love them and I support them but I'm also just doing my thing, you know, mm-hmm. so. I think that's a big thing is you can love and support. Like, you don't have to have the same beliefs. Like, and I don't know. I feel like it should be, like, more open. Like, they don't – you don't need those awkward conversations or those <laughs> awkward questions. Just let the person be who they want to be. <laughs> Were people asking you beforehand – like, yeah. or were they, like, beating around the bush or, like, what's going on? Yeah, everyone acts differently in these kinds of situations, and I've learned a lot. Like, I've, but, like, people would ask me extremely personal questions, trying to gauge my worthiness and trying to gauge oh. that. So that was kind of hard because people would be like, are you wearing your garments? Or, like, are you paying your tithing are you like are you sleeping with your boyfriend stuff like that and I was just kind of like okay so when someone's going through a faith crisis the last thing they want to be worried about is if God thinks they're worthy or not or if their neighbor thinks that they're worthy or not yeah so I kind of got a little bit of a backbone and was like sorry boundaries that's a little too personal comfortable to see like if you can see them make your own assumptions (laughs) you know I kind of got to that point where I was like tired of people trying to gauge where I was at based on someone else's standards you know yes no I that would be I feel like it would just kind of become a tedious annoyance like does that even make sense like it's just kind of like I'd get annoyed with it pretty often be like oh my gosh again like this is my life like when did this become your business and so like and especially during the time where like waking up was hard like I didn't like I was literally just like waking up going to class was too much because of everything that I was going through emotionally and I'm like you want to know what kind of underwear I'm wearing and I literally <laughs> am like yeah going like through people about the other aspects you know people get so caught up in just like the little things like or like these outward I guess expressions of your faith and they have don't no idea what's worry don't care about like the emotional toll that it has on you and I think right. that like, that's just so hard. So you said that it was, like, to a point where it was just so emotionally exhausting. It was hard to get out of bed sometimes. Like, what were you able – like, what do you – what have you done to be able to get yourself through? <laughs> yeah, um, music and just being grateful. I think I've kind of tried to change the parts of myself that I don't like and just be super grateful for experiences and the people that are – I don't know, people that I love, you know, and like I've written so many songs throughout this whole family faith transition. And honestly, I don't know where I'm at today. Like I kind of bounced between 
both sides a little bit still, but yeah, as that outlet has helped a lot. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at and what I'm going through. I'm trying to start, like, I'm going to start releasing about a single a month and it's going to be, so yeah, music has been there for me throughout so much. Like it's, it's gotten me through high school, gotten me through college mission and then faith transition college afterwards. Um, yeah. And it's like writing songs, I relate to them in so different ways, like so many different ways. So like I'll write songs just for me or I'll write songs for someone else or I'll hear a song that I just needed to hear and listen to it like over and over again. Um, trying to think of what else. Um, yeah, music can be so healing in so many different ways. So like a music therapist, which is what I'm studying to become, like they use music to achieve non-musical goals so it's not like a music lesson when yeah. you're when you're using a music therapist for healing um we were yeah. i'd like to know i mean you said you don't know a ton yet but i would like to know as much as you can tell us what a music therapy session would be like and who can benefit from that yeah okay so from what i understand almost everyone, if not everyone, can benefit in some way from a music therapy section, I guess. Um, so I looked up musictherapy.org. Like if anyone has questions about music therapy that I didn't answer, or maybe I wasn't super clear on, I feel like I owe it to the person to be super accurate on um, what it is, but it's using music to achieve non-musical goals. So let's say someone got in an accident and they're learning how to speak again. Um, music uses every single part of the brain. So you can connect neural pathways and they might be able to sing, you are my sunshine, but they might not be able to talk and say, you are my sunshine. What? The so music will go in with her guitar and work with a speech pathologist and they'll sing, you are my sunshine, with the client until they are able to reconnect those neural pathways and speak the words. That is so cool. So yeah, like it is, it's incredible. And if you look up YouTube videos of music therapy stories, um, yeah, I want to work in hospice care because on my mission, we volunteered a lot and would sing for, or like go and play the piano for people in old folks' homes. Um, a lot of music therapists work in hospice care and kind of like end of life care where mm -hmm. all of these neural pathways have been built from songs from like the 70s or the 60s or the 50s even and if you recreate those chord progressions it kind of like lights up these different parts of the brain and so people with Alzheimer's can dance again or sing again or have all these memories come up that you really can't fish up any other way it's so cool. So yeah, I'm super excited. That's like every time I learn about music therapy, I get the goosebumps. And I'm oh. like, that's cool. Like, this is it. <laughs> I think that what like is cool about like something that I've recognized about your story that I think is so cool is that like you being surprised, like you went on a mission and then you come home and you're like, wait, why did I serve a mission? But then you're doing music therapy, but then you can relate a lot of that back to your mission. And so like sometimes in life we do things and there's a different outcome than we expect. Like you may have served a mission thinking you served a mission 
for all different reasons, but then you come out for music therapy. Like it like sounds like that's a lot of what you gained from that. Yeah. Which is totally. so cool to me. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And it's helped me not regret choices I've made. Like I have made so many mistakes and like done things I shouldn't have, but in all in all, looking back, like I can trace and learn things that have benefited from those choices. So like whether or not I'm an active member of my church that I served a mission for now, I can still take good from that and not be like, oh, I shouldn't have gone and just like be part of come with gifts that can be treasured. So Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's it. Thank you so much for what you guys are doing. I love your podcast and thanks for letting me share my story and share my I guess thoughts and feelings. Um I wanted to share like I love performing and sharing my music so like with these songs that are coming out you guys might see me on the Wasatch front singing on some of these stages here and there um if anyone wants a song written they can message me on my personal Instagram and I'll write a song for them you are literally just so amazing (laughs) well that what's your social media so we can yeah find you (laughs) I'll send it I'm doing right now I'm doing YouTube Instagram and like TikTok TikTok's gonna be more of my like faith transition Instagram is more music and YouTube is music so it's Amy Lynn on Instagram and then everywhere else I think it's just Amy Lynn so like you can songs that I've released on Spotify Apple Music pretty much anywhere that you can listen to this podcast my EP I released January 2020 is on there there's like six songs um those are high school and on the mission so yeah we will definitely tag you so people can like find you and because i think oh this didn't get recorded but you mentioned listening to other music and like when you listen to other music sometimes you connect with it and like this was written for me and i just like know that with what you're doing and being so honest about your feelings that people will feel that way about your music i just think it's so cool that you're being honest with yourself and people. <laughs> hey, thank you so much. You guys are the best. This has been so great. <laughs> oh, thank you. We love to have you. Yes, thank you. We hope you have a good rest of your day.